Are you listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other platform where you can leave a rate or review? Do you like what we're doing? If the answer to all of that is yes, please consider quickly giving us a five-star rate. And if you wouldn't mind leaving us a nice review, we greatly appreciate that as well. Okay, let's do this. Hello, welcome to the Ghost of Harrenhal. My name's Simon. And I'm McKelly. Thank you for joining us for episode 130 of our chapter-by-chapter book review of A Song of Ice and Fire by George Martin. Today we'll be discussing chapter 56 of A Clash of Kings, that's Theon 5. And as always, we're going to chat about the chapter, we're going to try not to spoil any future plot points for you, and hopefully we're going to provide you some entertainment along the way. We'll summarise what occurred, we'll discuss our thoughts on it, we'll provide some useful background, we'll compare it to the television show, indulge in a little pedantry, and cover some relevant news and listener correspondence. Be sure to check out the show notes, provide you with additional information that will help you with characters and geography of this chapter. Indeed. How are you, McKelly? I'm doing okay. You and I have just, yeah. we've just been on a, the, we've just been talking <laughs> for quite a while, and I shared some not so About, uh, pleasant news with you, but... Um, yes. About stuff that was not ready for the pod, not, no. not humorous in the slightest. So not in the slightest. A, so, but I'm I'm show. doing all right, all things considering. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Well, I mean, I'm I'm a little thrown off kilter by what you've told me. I, I send you good wishes, my friend, because I know that you've had a rough week. Well, um, thank you. But hey, yeah, talking about uh, Song of Ice and Fire always uh, helps. Yes, exactly. My mood, so, exactly. I, I I will tell you. Do you do Wordle? I don't. I hear about it all the time, and I don't know what it is. I feel like I'm totally out of touch here. It's just a, it's a, it's a five letter word, and you guess at it, and it tells you whether the letter is in the right place, in the word, but in the wrong place, or not there. And uh, you've got six guesses to get the word. You see? Okay, okay. It's not it's not very complicated, right? I, I I'm on a two day streak of getting it in two guesses. In oh, two. so <laughs> you just get one word a day. One word a day. You're only allowed to do one word a day. Yeah. Oh, okay. Huh. So that's what people are talking about uh-huh. with all this Wordle stuff. Mm-hmm. How, how do you? Where do you play it? Is it an app? There's an app. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Guess I maybe need to try it out. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's well, actually, it depends because 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 like one of the two when I did it in two, one of them I got like four of the letters in the first guess. I was like, oh, look at that! But it was kind of complicated. The word was. Tapir, T-A-P-I-R. Uh, do, uh, what does that word mean? Like an animal with a long snout, oh, South okay. American animal. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Taper. Sure. Okay. Yeah, something like that. And um, so it's not a common word either, but right. I got it in two because just because the letters I got, I was like, what the heck is this? And it's the only thing I could think of. I knew it had a T at the front and R-I-P somewhere. <laughs> right. So I was like, oh. and so it took me like two minutes, but I was like, the only word I can really think of is, and it was that. I was like, oh, oh. hey, success. Right. So this is, this is the thing I do now. Yeah, it is. It's how you pass the time when you're not <laughs> thinking about the ghost of Heron Hall on a song of ice and fire. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's not a, it's not a big investment of time. It is one word a day. I'll have to try it. See if I can uh, match your two word, two day streak or two. Carson and I place two day streak. Slightly different versions of the same game, so we both have a word. So what we then do is we test each other on each other's word oh. using using the other person's first guess. So okay. I took my first guess and then I passed it on. So Carson also got that in two when I told her what my first guess was. She got it in two as well. Okay, good, cool. Hmm. Sounds fun. Yes, it's a very middle aged pastime we've got there. <laughs> We uh we we got gas logs fitted in our house as well. Oh, cool! Yeah, we've got gas logs, and we've got two fireplaces in this house. The basement has wood burning, and the uh, first floor has gas. So, what do you think? It's very nice. Yeah, it's nice. Our, our gas logs look like an old adult orangutan. <laughs> <laughs> you have to take a picture and share it with us. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of got it's got like a curved thing on the outside it just looks like a adult orangutan I'll, I'll send you a picture yes you must <laughs> it seems implausible but once you've seen it you'll, you'll know what i'm talking about <laughs> we had uh, an issue the first time we lit our uh wood burning fireplace here in the basement because it's the basement and my house has two stories above it 
you know. And then there's yeah. a, an attic beyond above the second story. That's a lot so, of chimney right there. Yeah. So it. So you know, we let the the fire, and uh, we were ha- having a nice time down here in the basement. Um, and then we walk upstairs, and the first floor is filled with smoke. And we're like, what is happening? Is our fireplace leaking smoke somewhere? <laughs> Not such a long chimney, it turns out. <laughs> so so what, what had happened uh, after we brought someone in to investigate what had happened is because it's such a long run up our uh, a chimney from the basement, it was going up the chimney, the up the flue from the basement. And then because the other one was cold, the other flu from the uh, first floor was cold, uh-huh. it was getting sucked down. The uh, huh? the smoke was getting sucked down wow. the, the flu to the first floor and filling the first floor with smoke. So, How about that? How about that? You be careful. I, I've uh, not run the uh, fireplace on the in the basement since, although I think I know <laughs> how to fix it. That's the that's the thing you see. We ours was a wood burning fireplace, but when I when I opened it for the guy to put the gas logs in, I discovered some unburned logs that had been in there for like eight years since the last time we used it. And I was like, "This is why we're getting gas logs." So we actually use this thing, <laughs> right? We use it all the time now in the winter. So yeah, yeah anyway, it's it's nice. Let's get down to business. Where was Theon last we heard of him? Last we saw of Theon, he was discovering that the Stark boys, along with Hodor, the Direwolves, and the wildling Osha, had gone missing. Two of his men were dead. He pulled together a hunting party and set out after them, only to come up empty-handed. Reek, who's the prisoner, if you remember, he's the prisoner that was taken when Roose Bolton's bastard son, Ramsay, was killed by... Help me out here. Sir Roderick. Sir Roderick Cassell, that's right. Um... He obviously has been freed by Theon, and he had the idea that he knew the boys. He knew that the boys were at the mill not far away, and showed Theon a bag of furs and a wolf's head brooch. Since then, news of the boys' deaths has made its way through Westeros. McKelly, why don't you give him the summary? Okay. Theon dreams of running through a forest of trees, each tree with a face laughing at him. He's chased by great wolves with the heads of small children. He wakes flailing to his squire Wex and Reek standing over him. They bring him the news that his sister has arrived. He's soaked with sweat and out of sorts, so he washes and dresses before meeting her in the great hall. While he regains his composure and second-guesses his choice of outfit, foppish dandy was his first ill-advised try, (laughs) he thinks on his recent horrible nightmares. The night before, he dreamed he was in the mill, dressing stiff, small bodies. The night prior's dream again was in the mill. This time he was having sex with the miller's wife, as he used to do, only this time her private parts had teeth, which gnawed off his manhood, as her other teeth tore out his throat. In the waking world, he thinks to himself that he had watched the miller's wife die, begging him for mercy. After changing to more manly wool and ringmail, remembering the preferred ironborn dress code, he tops the ensemble off with a poorly fashioned crown. He is the Prince of Winterfell, after all. He falls in with his bodyguards, as Ironborn have been dropping like flies lately. Everyone who accompanied him to the mill has died mysteriously. The kennelmaster Farlin was blamed for the killings and executed, but Theon knows the truth. The Ironborn had to die. They can't keep secrets. Reek did the deeds. Arriving at the Great Hall, Theon discovers his sister has only brought 20 men, not nearly enough to defend the castle, and only 10 of them are staying in Winterfell. The other 10 will accompany Asher back to Deepwood Mart. The siblings trade barbs, Asher asking which gave the fiercest fight, the cripple or the babe, Theon claiming she's jealous of his feet, taking Winterfell with only 30 men. He thinks back to showing the boys' bodies to the people of Winterfell and how Maester Lewin wanted to bury the bodies in the crypts, but he said no, burning them instead. The pair retire to Ned Stark's solar to talk in private. Theon shares the news that Dagmar Clefjaw's siege of Torn Square has been broken. However, Asha reveals she knows more details about it than he does, adding that Dagmar lives and is leading the survivors back to the stony shore. The Tallhearts and Manderleys are sending men and supplies to aid Sir Roger Cassell's effort to retake Winterfell. He has no chance of holding the castle without more men. 
Asher says he should have thought about that before he took the castle. Uh She admits the move isn't without merit, but he should have burned Winterfell and taken the princes to Pike. Then he might truly have won the war for the Ironborn. She reminds Theon that Greyjoys are krakens. They rise from the water and Winterfell is too far from the sea. Theon changes tack, suggesting he killed the boys as revenge for their older brother's deaths, Asher and Theon's. Right. Asher is not fooled. She asks him to come with her to Deepwood Mod. He refuses. After Asha's departure, Reek approaches Theon with an offer. Give him a bag of silver and he'll rustle up a hundred to two hundred-ish men. All he asks for in return is Farland's daughter, Paula. Theon agrees. He wants the man dead, but he fears the secrets Reek might spill if threatened. That night, Theon dreams of the feast for King Robert's arrival at Winterfell, way back at the beginning of the Game of Thrones. At first, all is merriment, but suddenly he's dining with the dead. All around him are dead men and women he once knew, as well as those he didn't. Then the doors to the hall crash open and Rob and Greywind enter. Rob and the wolf bleed from savage wounds across their bodies. He wakes and viciously rapes Kyra. Afterwards, he walks the walls and realises this is the Stark's castle along with everything in it. He should have gone with Asher. He sees the boys' heads on their spikes atop the gatehouse. As he stares at them, he thinks of the Miller's boys, both of an age with Bran and Rickon. Reek flayed the skin from their faces and dipped their heads in tar. After that, they were indistinguishable from the Stark boys. We'll be right back. Hello, friends. Are you ready to make some unforgettable memories? Well, if so, consider the Marriott Bonvoy program. Discover the perfect destination for your summer getaway and unlock exclusive deals on luxurious accommodations. With our affiliate partnership, you'll enjoy unbeatable savings and a seamless booking experience. Don't let summer slip away. Visit Marriott Bonvoy today and make this vacation season one for the books. Use our Ghosts of Heron Hall affiliate page to check it all out and buy Bonvoy points or give some as a gift. The link to our page is in the show notes. Whew. Oh boy. Well, yeah. the Stark boys seem to be alive, so that's... Yes. That's good, but... Yes. But uh, Theon did murder two innocent yes. children. And they're just and two different at children. least the mother for sure. I assume the father didn't survive either. So right, uh, but thankful. Thankfully, we only had to keep up the ruse of the Starks boys' death for two chapters because that was uh, yeah. It was it was difficult for me because it felt like obviously it's hard to know when you do know the answer, right? But it felt like it was kind of self-explanatory. That's what Reek was after, but right. I guess it's better that we don't do spoilers. That's yeah, what the spoilers channel right. is for. <laughs> The dream, the chapter starts with three straight dreams uh, that he either has or recaps for us right off the bat. The the first dream, the one that he dreams to actually kick off the chapter, is um, basically about great wolves with small children's heads uh, chasing him, and he he's running through uh, what seemed to be weirwood tree, a uh, forest of weirwood trees, and all the faces are laughing at him. So, not the most mystifying dream imagery. That, Especially once you've read the rest of the chapter, right? Yes, becomes <laughs> even. Uh, although you notice that the term is small children, not Bran and Rickon. Right, so, right. Because because probably the faces that are haunting him are the two Miller's children. Yes, you know? exactly. And yeah. w- when you get to the end of the chapter, you realize that there were several clues about the reveal at the end peppered in along the way, like. You know, the second dream, he dreams of dressing the dead with, he doesn't say they're children, but he mentions how tiny their waists are and how, basically how little they are. So, uh, of course, I, w- I was trying to figure out why you were saying that was a clue. But of course, if it was Bran and Rickon, they would have already been dressed in stark clothes and therefore there would have been no reason to dress them. Right. Yes, he was, he was dressing them. Uh, and now we know why Reek brought that stuff along, why he brought the bag of furs and the wolf's head brooch. 
Oh, and he didn't let he didn't let Lewin bury the boys in the crypts, and that's a little bit of guilt, I guess, because he yes. knows that these are not Starks and so shouldn't be in the crypts. That's what I was wondering. Oh, was he paying respect to the Starks by not burying those non-Stark bodies in there? Because if he did allow that, it would further secure his story as believable. You know, if they if they had like an official Stark burial and everything, it would make it seem more legitimate, anyway. Maybe he was really proud of the handiwork they'd done on making these two random kids look like Brandon Rickard, and so wanted to keep them on display as long as possible. Could have been that. I think he burned them fairly soon after the, <laughs> yeah. they were shown at the castle. But their heads were still there. The heads were still up on the. Thing. I was wondering, because Lewin wanted to sew the heads back onto the bodies before burying them, and yeah. I was wondering if he was concerned... Although their faces were flayed and they're dipped in tar, if Lewin looked too closely, he might be able to pick up on the truth of the matter. You know, um, I, I actually, I, we we do the comparison of the TV show later, as you're aware. But <laughs> in the TV show, the boys were just burned. Their bodies were hung up, not their heads, their whole bodies, but they were burned. And Lewin, you see at one point, Lewin's looking very carefully at them. And that's, I think, exactly that same thought, that he's looking at Bran's body and thinking, I should see evidence of the broken back or whatever, you know. Right, yeah, right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, could be that. But he does pick, uh, the chapter mentions that um, he picks what's left of the wolf's head brooch out of the fire after the bodies have been burned, so. Right, yes. Which, again, the Stark boys would have been wearing those potentially, but. Right, yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's a big old clue for what Reek did. You know, it's the same brooch. I At least the description is the same brooch as to, I believe it was the chapter. It was. It was a chapter with the um, the Harvest Feast where uh, Jojen and Mira Reed made their entrance. He was wearing that brooch in that chapter, that uh, uh. wolf's head, uh, ivory and jet, I think it was, or whatever. So the third dream is where the miller's wife bites off his manhood with her extra set of teeth um, and rips out his throat during sex. Um, he mentioned in the last chapter that he knew the miller's wife in, in the right. biblical sense previously. Um, I don't think he raped her here. I think they just murdered her here. Right. I think so, yes. But um, he he mentions that you know, in in life, not in this dream, or not, he doesn't mention, he thinks it, that she pleaded with him for mercy. And the word mercy comes up in italics a lot in this chapter. He he thinks it several times. Yeah, and he, he denies denying her mercy by saying it was Gelmar that killed you. But that's just... Uh, he's not one for taking responsibility, is Theon. Exactly. Yes, that's the first of a, a string of instances where he doesn't take responsibility for his actions. He also blames Asha for his predicament, saying that she took too long to get there. And then when he frame when he after he kills Farlin, he thinks to him to Farlin because he was friendly with Farlin back before all this uh, happened, that he had no choice. He had to kill his own Ironborn because they can't keep secrets. So this is a topic we shall return to in pedantry. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Quite heavily, let me tell you. Uh, but one thing about the the Miller's wife is he, as you mentioned, he he divulged to us the reader last at the end of the last Theon chapter that he had had sex with her multiple times, and he doesn't reveal when he started having sex with her. But we know cool. he's roughly twenty ish, and okay. so likely he's been sexually active for four to five-ish years, you know, yeah, 16, yeah. 15. So, yeah, yeah. so it's likely the Bran boy, the boy uh, who was the Bran stand-in would be too old, but the Rickon yes. stand-in could possibly could be, be his son. Theon's own child. That's terrible, McKelly. <sighs> I don't, I mean, it's just possible, you know? Wow. You're in a dark place, my friend. I am in a dark place. I am in a dark place. Good grief. Theon started to travel inside Winterfell with bodyguards because right. basically the Ironborn keep dying like flies. But it turns out that it's 
Theon that's killing them, or at least Reek is killing them on Theon's behalf, because basically he wants to silence everyone who knows the truth about the two boys. Right. Yes, because he doesn't think... And then frames Farland for these murders, which is, I mean... Yeah, yeah, I've got some thoughts about Theon. Yeah, so all the Ironborn that came with them to the mill died by sort of accidents. The one falls one falls down the stairs, another falls in a well. One does get his throat slit, which is not really unless yeah. it was a shaving accident, is not so much <laughs> a really bad shaving accident, accident there. <laughs> but you know, he thinks at the end of the chapter that he should have killed he should have had Reek killed as Reek did the others. So that's when we discover, oh, it was definitely Reek that was yeah, doing yeah. it. But but actually, I mean, Reek on his own, maybe you could say you can call him a liar. But if all of the Ironborn know as well, they're like, yeah, that's true. Then right. it's harder to to you know face off against Reek. But yeah, although that's why he doesn't kill him at the end of the chapter is because he's afraid that he's got a written account of what happened somewhere. Right, but you kill him quickly, and he oh, we, a written account. That's that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of a Reek Reek kind of thing to do. But. I mean, if you think about it, a written account, how many people, aside from Maester Lewin, in that castle could actually read anyway? Yeah. So, yeah. but... But um, it gets left lying around for long enough. Someone who can read might find it. But, but so you had a question whether Reek took the initiative by himself or Theon ordered it. Right, yes. I don't think that's clear whether... Who, 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 who was... Uh, the driver behind this did reek decide oh i've got to kill these people and theon figured out what was happening or did theon say hey i want you to kill these guys because loose lips sink ships as i read the chapter i thought it was all theon but now you've asked the question i'm like well actually i don't feel like it made that clear it could have been reek takes initiative i mean he took the initiative to bring the wolf's head brooch and the right so, you know, maybe it's another example of that. Yeah, interesting. Reek kind of, kind of reminded me of, um, like, Theon's own personal Jack and Hagar here. Slightly more of a loose cannon. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to imagine for me why any of the Ironborn are standing for this at all. I, I think it's a shame that Dagmar is not present to give Theon some better advice. Yes. They're, these people are Ironborn. They attack, they pillage, and they get out of there. That's that's their natural style. Right. Presumably, there are some riches in Winterfell. That's if if Theon came to me and I was one of the Ironborn and said, "Hey, we're going to take Winterfell," I would be like, "Woohoo!" I mean, it's not like the Starks are into the fripperies, but I'm sure there's some <laughs> material wealth lying around Winterfell. Eight thousand years of time, they've had to yes. accumulated some yes. invaluable. <laughs> this is a stone that is very polished. <laughs> oh, great! So take Winterfell, fill your pockets, kidnap the princes, and get out of there. That's what to do, right? And Black Lauren kind of voices what you're saying here. He says we do well to leave this place. Now, he's referring to uh, all the remaining men being unsettled by the uh, the mysterious murders of the other Ironborn, but you'd have to imagine that's a common thought throughout the rest of the men. Then. Right. But because, they're, again, their natural style is to raid, to pillage, to get away. Right. They, they've done all of that apart from the getting away. So now they've got to live with the people that they raped and pillaged. I mean, yes. it's like... The guilt, the sort of self-consciousness of it. <laughs> They're not used to having to look them in the right. eye every day. Exactly. <laughs> Apart from the ones they take as slaves, but, you know, they start treating them as slaves. Yeah, that's a good yes. point. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, uh, Black Lauren says, you don't know whether the washerwoman wants to kiss you or kill you. And the uh, cup, the cup bear, I don't know, the whoever it is that fills their cups wants, uh, is filling it with ale or bale. So, yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. And you so, know what? Inst- about uh, another thing about the the Ironborn, uh, the three Ironborn that died, they've tainted another well. How many wells are they possibly going to have left? They put Septon, they dumped Septon Chael's body into one well. Maybe uh-huh. they dumped this one into the same well. The same well. Keep tainting that same one. Yeah. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Audible. 
To get a free audiobook, or two if you're an Amazon Prime member, go to our exclusive URL, audibletrial.com slash ghostsherrenhall. You can find the link in our show notes. Big, big sign over it saying, you know, dump bodies here well. You know? <laughs> this is the body well. <laughs> um, but the thing is, what do they what do they gain by being there? They are sitting around waiting for an overwhelming military force. Yeah. If if Roderick Cassell's force isn't enough to completely squash them, then the King of the North will come back with tens of thousands of men and really, really squash them. And given that the remaining Ironborn all truly believe that the two boys' heads on spikes are Bran and Rick and Stark. They can't be expecting a lot of mercy. No, and there's no reason for... Uh, well, except for, as I mentioned, Beth Cassell is inside that castle, as far as we haven't heard her name yet. Yeah. But um, as far yeah. as we know, unless she's killed in some way, she's in there. But otherwise, there's no reason for for this force to just not storm the walls of the what will amount to like 30 people left uh and they're defending it <laughs> right. so yeah. it, it's and, and, and to kill more of the ironborn is, is bizarre i mean it is they don't have enough men already they're killing them off and now because of the uh, the killing them off which is all fakery he's having to pull even more men off the walls to act as bodyguards for him against the made-up threat Right. Yeah, it's definitely an odd strategic decision to willfully take out your own men. You started with 30. You lost two when the Starks escaped. Now you've lost three more. So you're down to 25. He's going to run out of men if he keeps going at this pace. Uh-huh. But so when Asha comes, they talk, they talk and she raises the idea of kidnapping the princes and bringing them to Pike. And to me, that seems pretty smart because it does put the Starks in a very difficult position. Uh, certainly a much better idea than taking Winterfell and trying to hold it against everyone on planet Earth, or right. whatever planet this is called. Right. With, yeah. with only a bunch of men you don't trust to keep a secret on your side. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't trust them to keep a secret, how do you trust them to stand up to 10,000 angry northerners? Yeah, um, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, her, that, her plan... Has some merit to it, certainly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For me, if if you do it, you can parlay with the Starks for peace. You can have Bran back if you cede the Iron Islands to us. Don't invade. Allow us to keep everything we just stole. Maybe some of the uh, west coast of the North becomes theirs as well. You know, something. Right. And then they keep keep Rickon as a hostage until he's eighteen, like Theon was held in Winterfell. Yeah, and if you think about it. Rickon might make a better Ironborn anyway. Yeah, he's practically Ironborn. I think one. so. Yeah. <laughs> Although I'm not sure that uh, Shaggy Dog would like Pike. No, probably not. <laughs> that it, that was a good plan. And, and But the thing is, I, I'm surprised now hearing it and thinking about it, I'm surprised that Theon didn't think of it himself. Yeah. It would have been well, a much better solution for him than hanging around Winterfell until things went pear-shaped. I think he is singularly focused on being the Prince of Winterfell. He says, you'd like to see me lose my prize, wouldn't you? And she says, your prize is going to be the doom of you. And yeah. she's she's right. You know, he, he yeah. could have salvaged this and actually possibly uh, really it pleased his father this time. Yeah. And I mean, look, it was always going to be an uphill sales job to replace the Starks in Winterfell. But absolutely. he's offering absolutely nothing as a ruler. He's brought murder and misery his men have raped the women. He's now murdered children. He's duping people into believing that he's murdered children that they cared about, not just murdering random children. Right, which is what he actually did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Asha says as much. She says you've made a, you've made an enemy of everyone within a thousand leagues by putting those right. heads up on those spikes. Right. What is gained by that? Yeah. Well, and now he's raped the one girl who seemed to be pleased to see him. Right, yeah, that's a good point. God, that was terrible. That's terrible. Yeah, I mean, look, if you do take over a hostile territory, you've got to do something to cement your position. I mean, help the people, lessen their load in some way, give them some wise counsel. I mean, anything. But right. At least offer them a vision of their future, which is at least on par with what they were heading towards. Yeah, he he sort of did that when he first got 
to Winterfell and he told them about how he was going to be as benevolent as Ned Stark and you know you'll find me <laughs> actions were right yes exactly <laughs> it's fallen apart since that speech he gave so Dagmar and company have lost their fight at Torrance Square which again it was just a feint to get Roderick out of Roderick Cassell out of Winterfell yeah, um, yeah Dagmar said I have no chance of winning that and Theon says I don't expect you to it's not the point of it so yeah, but so Asha, she says to Theon about the the loss there, the the loss at, of that fight, that the Ironborn lack discipline to stand a charge from armored horses, and um, that the Ironborn get their strength from the sea, which kind of sums very well sums up the whole reason why the this invasion <laughs> of the North is poorly thought out in the first place. It's very similar to Theon's uh, taking of Winterfell. They they could probably take good chunks of the north right now, but right. how in the world are they going to hold it? This right. has been my contention all along. Yep, yep. Once a long time ago, the Ironborn did reign over the Riverlands. We've talked about this in several background chapters, but that was a long time ago, and it was a different part of Westeros. The Riverlands is a is a smaller, more condensed area than the vast north and the riverland lords are not used to having one house as their king or lord for 8000 right years. there was there was considerable civil infighting in the riverlands in that time which is what made it ripe for the iron islands to take it right 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 they've always Whereas the, the riverlands have always is, been changing yeah, hands the and, north is completely unified and you know you, yes. you you fight the starks you fight everyone up there yeah now, maybe in a generation or two, the Ironborn could learn to ride in a cavalry and create and defend against the shield wall, but they don't have time for that right now. Right. Like, right. <laughs> but but like I was saying, if you could make a deal whereby in return for Bran, you get the west coast of the north, then you've got a foothold on the mainland and you could perhaps develop some cavalry, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, as Theon mentions... The cavalry's coming to Winterfell right now because... Uh, <laughs> not, not with Ironborn aboard. No. He mentions that Leobald Tallheart has left Torren Square to aid Roderick Cassell's force and that the Manderleys in White Harbor have sent a dozen barges up the river with knights, war horses, and siege engines. And he wonders, as we all should, how in the world would he possibly hold against that with 30 men? And that's when Asha says, you should have thought of that before you took the castle. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah, there's not much more to say. I mean, White Harbor is one of the few cities in Westeros, so they clearly have enough fighting men in reserve to mount a significant attack on Winterfell, uh, especially in conjunction with Sir Roderick and uh, Leobald Talhart. So uh, the only sensible option now is to flee. Yes. Which Asha wants him to do. She's trying to convince him of this, but he's determined to see it through. You know, I don't know if what I'm about to say is true because I've not fact-checked it, but I remember in, like, elementary school or something hearing that raccoons, if they latch onto something shiny, they just won't let it go. Hmm. And it feels like what Theon's doing. Like, (laughs) just let it go. It's not good for you. Open your hand and drop it and run away. (laughs) So... I I don't know if I if I'm making that up, but the the uh, metaphor still holds true whether my oh, yeah, uh, yeah, facts yeah, are yeah, right absolutely. or not. <laughs> For sure. So as you mentioned, Theon isn't going to kill Reek because he's afraid that the, he has a written account of the killing of the Miller's boys. But okay, I'm holding it back for pedantry, but um, that does seem like it's a good reason to kill him. At the, but actually, I say that, but when I get to pedantry, I'm going to undermine that because it's not a good reason to kill him. There's no reason to keep this secret. Anyway, that's for pedantry. Okay, okay. You have a theory about Reek, though. I do. My theory about Reek is that he's dipped his toe. So at the end of this chapter, Reek has gone, right? He's gone with a bag full of money. (laughs) Yes, he says, I'll get you some men. I'll be back. (laughs) I think Reek has dipped his toe into the shallow, shallow waters of Lake Theon. 
and found him wanting. <laughs> and he's now fleeced him for this money, and he's headed out of there as fast as he can, as fast as his <laughs> stinky little legs will carry him. <laughs> it's a shame because awful as he assuredly was, he was an interesting character, but I, I don't think he's coming back with those 100 to 200 men. It would be funny if he rode out and he ended up with an entourage of Ironborn behind him. Like, we're out of here too. <laughs> <laughs> if he said, I got a bag of money, guys, come on, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's impossible to believe that even with a chunk of money, he could muster a force that could make a material difference to the defense of Winterfell. There aren't enough. There aren't enough anti-Stark Northerners. In fact, one way that they would lose Winterfell here is if he brings, if he bribes a hundred, maybe two hundred men back into Winterfell, and they all just pull their swords on Theon. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, that's that's exactly it. These are Northmen that would be fighting against their own kingsmen. He says, "We're in the north." Reek says, we're in the north, I'm from the north, a lot of people know me. But he's not saying, I'm going to go to the um, to the Westerlands and get some Lannisters. Right. I mean, his only hope would be to find some disgruntled Bolton men who have been displaced by Roderick when he killed Ramsay Snow and but I mean, his men. I don't, I, I, I mean, I don't think Roderick was like rounding them up or, or chasing them out of town. I mean, he, it was Ramsay Snow was the problem, right? Yeah, um, but he was. There was a lot of fighting between the Manderleys and the Bolton men over um, uh, yeah, the Hornwood yeah. lands. So, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, th- there might be some some bad blood there, but still, that's it's a hard sell to fight for the Ironborn against yeah. your own king, while the heads of two Stark princes adorn the walls of Winterfell. Right. I mean, that's that's like. That bag of money might get one guy. He'll kill Reek and take the bag of money. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, like for what? What? What's the? What's the sales pitch that Reek right. has? Be- hey, because it's a coin? suicide mission. Yeah. Money, money can get people to do things, but this is a suicide mission. You're turning on the Starks to the benefit of Theon Greyjoy, who you know, if you know him at all, you know he's a little sniveling wretch, right? and sure you'll get more money than you could have earned in two years but you'll be dead in two days right you better spend it fast you know that saying don't spend it all in one place scrap that you might as well spend it all wherever you can because you won't last long (laughs) but so for his efforts reek says all he wants as his reward theon says you can name your reward he says he just wants paula for his efforts and paula is farland's daughter and she we discovered she had been raped by two men at the very onset of the uh, Ironborn taking Winterfell. One of them was Drennan, who was the one of the two Ironborn that Osha killed. I think it was the one yeah. that Osha killed. The other one, the wolves killed. And um, Theon did have them beaten over raping Osha. That was back when he was going to be a Ned Stark-like ruler. And now he's going to hand her over to Reek. But you see... That that whole beating of those two guys is a perfect example of how the Ironborn style of fighting does not fit with occupation, because they ex- these guys expect to rape the women when they take somewhere. That's right. what they expect to do. Yeah. But Theon wanted to rule over them as a benevolent ruler, so then he had to hit, you know, have his own men beaten for doing that which they thought they should do. Right. It's yeah, yeah it's just crazy. It would take just generations crazy. to. Get that out of them. They don't have. They right. don't have the time to teach them how to be. <laughs> clear instructions from right ruler Theon. That would have been handy. That would have. Yes. Maybe before we go in there, you say, "Hey, yeah. don't touch any thing. of the small folk." <laughs> exactly. We're going in there to stick around. Wait, stick around. <laughs> so, so Reek flayed the faces of the Miller boys. Now that's we've talked about the flaying before. The Boltons. Uh, Sigil is the flayed man. It's a right. Bolton custom, supposedly dead for a thousand years. But Reek hung, hung out with Ramsay Snow, who is, of course, Roose Bolton's bastard. And so maybe this is where he learned this little technique, which is a sign that that particular uh, pastime is not completely gone from the Bolton right. line. Yeah, maybe has has Ramsay been practicing it in secret and Reek uh. picked up some things? Or has Roose revived the custom and nobody's lived long enough to tell on but <laughs> you see this you see this <laughs> but that uh the, the flaying of the faces it it goes back to jojen's dream in um 
in Bran 5, I think it was, he says um, that he dreamed of a man coming... The man that the, the man that they captured. He, he's telling Bran this. I dreamed of the man that they captured today, which happened to be Reek. And yeah, he... Remember, he was he was trying to tell Bran that I saw some tragic news about you too, and um, he said you and your brother lay dead at his feet, and he was skinning off your faces with a long red blade. And um, I'm and glad then, you brought it up. Jojen's <laughs> dream has come true, and Bran and Rickon are not dead. But then he said, yeah. "I saw you and Rickon in your crypts down in the dark with all the dead kings." around their stone wolves or something like that and they're not in the crypt so uh-huh. um they've got their those bodies but those were the bodies of the miller's boys anyway so right. yeah right. but yeah you're right i mean jojen's uh dream he said these green dreams they don't lie there's yeah. no change in them and they don't lie so but uh, he was mistaken because it wasn't actually what he the boys he saw turned out to actually not be Rickon and Bran, of course. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, that's the problem with these infallible dreams. If you're not paying attention, you might not notice that that isn't Bran and Rickon. Right. And then you go tell Bran and Rickon, scare the bejesus out of them. <laughs> yes, needlessly <laughs> scared them. <laughs> Are you sure it was me? <laughs> well, he had a wolf brooch. Let me tell you. And it must have been me. Yeah. He was walking around. Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the chapter ends with more dreams. Uh, Theon again. And then this last dream, he dines with the dead at a feast in the Great Hall. This is the original feast when Robert and Cersei came to Winterfell at the start right. of the whole thing. Uh, but then sort of like the people, the ones he knows and the ones he don't, all end up t- turn out to be dead. Which, of course, is kind of happening. Quite a few of the people that were there are, are no more. Yeah, basically, everyone he mentioned was dead, with one exception. But he mentions Benfred Tallhart, and just in case you forgot, that was the, the young man who led the wild hares to deal with the raiding on the Stony Shore. And then uh, Theon allowed his uncle Aaron to drown Benfred as an offering to the drowned god. But then he sees what he calls pale shades with long grim faces moving through the shadows along the walls. And to me, that that seemed like dead, stark kings and lords. And, you know, maybe is his mind talking to him, you know, trying to get him to see that he's trying to replace 8,000 years of stark history. (laughs) And that's... uh... (laughs) There'll be a lot of ghosts haunting your dreams (laughs) for a long time to come. Exactly. But I said it was with one exception that they're all dead because Rob and Greywind um, make a rather dramatic entrance. The the door crashes open and Rob and Greywind are standing in the doorway and they're bleeding from what he calls half a hundred wounds each. Uh, but the last we heard of Rob, he had taken the crag from the Westerlings in the Westerlands and that was just last cat chapter. So I thought maybe... Maybe these are metaphorical wounds, wounds of trust, friendship, honor caused by his betrayal of Rob, possibly. That is how I read this as well. Normally, I read very literally, but I too read these as metaphorical wounds, the, the, okay. you know, the, the slights that have been perpetrated, particularly by Theon, are uh, manifesting themselves as real wounds in this dream. Right, yes. I mean, it's possible Rob has been injured and word just hasn't gotten to River Run or True. us as the readers yet. But but again, then again, I should say, the Theon's mind wouldn't know that that's happened. So unless he's developed the third eye, um, <laughs> yes, you know, or he's starting to have green dreams, then uh, it. I, I agree that it's uh, likely metaphorical wounds. But so he wakes from this dream and he's in a kind of a rough state because he's every night having these terrible dreams. And he calls for Lewin, who makes him a sleeping draught and he pours it, Theon pours it down the privy after uh, Lewin leaves because he's concerned that Lewin might poison him. You'd have to imagine, especially after seeing the bodies of the boys, that Lewin might... uh, very sacrifice much his life to get rid of Theon at this point. Yes. Yeah. And he could easily 
do that, you'd think, or have get him have him poisoned one way or another, you know, unless he's got a food yeah. taster or a drink taster or something. Yeah. But you know, I would think if he if if Theon did die, say he did get poisoned, that the other the remaining Ironborn there would leave for Deepwood Mott. I don't think they're gonna oh, yeah. stick it out. In a heartbeat. They're not right. all crazy. Theon yeah. appears to be stark staring mad. <laughs> no because pun he's intended. going to die here. <laughs> but although, on the other hand, that might you might think, yay, for the Winterfell people, but it's just as likely that he'd kill they'd kill everyone in the castle and possibly raise the castle like Asha's. Possibly. But honestly, I think we, there's so few of them now that the the citizens of Winterfell might actually be able to defend themselves. You know, yeah, maybe just barricade yeah. themselves in one corner and let the Ironborn. Eventually, the Ironborn will just go. They'll get bored and leave. Right. They've yeah. got the treasure from this place. What else is there? Yeah. It's yeah, not like there's possibly. a war crimes tribunal being held somewhere to you know to bring them to justice. True. Yeah, it's possible they could just leave, but it's also just as possible that they might kill everyone in there, burn the castle, and then leave. After he doesn't take Lewin sleeping draft, he calls for Kyra and then he rapes her brutally um, and orders her out. And again, she was one of the very few people who, given Theon the time of day, she actually right. was being nice to him. And so he's burned one last bridge with that. And it's taking away his sleep as well because he's ended the chapter walking the walls of Winterfell and looking down and realising it is the Stark's place and always will be. And if if 8,000 years of ancestors can infest your dreams, then it's not going to be... A, <laughs> it's going to be a you're long... You're not going to enjoy sleeping there. <laughs> yeah. You know, that is a very similar thought to what Tyrion had when he found out what Theon was up to. He thought... Yeah. Uh, he was specifically referring to the godswood being the Stark's godwood. Godswood it will be yeah, in 50 yeah. years and 500 years, 5,000 years. But at that time, I felt like he was using the godwood the godswood as a metaphor for the castle in the north in general yeah. so yeah. i mean yeah it's 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 hard to supplant a house that's ruled a region for a better part of 8000 years right right do you have some background for us mckelly i do so one one thing um i don't think we i don't know if we mentioned it in the summary or not but we hadn't discussed it yet in our discussion is that theon suggests that he killed Bran and Rickon to avenge the death of his uh, brothers Roderick and Marin during the Greyjoy Rebellion. I think we did mention it in the summary, actually. But we did. Anyway, yeah, we did. a quick reminder of how those two men died. Roderick led the Iron Fleet uh, longships against Seaguard and House Malister. And he was actually killed by Lord Jason Malister during that siege. Uh, Marin died during the siege at Pike led by King Robert himself and his best friend, Eddard Stark. And uh, Marin was actually on the wall of the South Tower where the breach occurred, and he was crushed when the tower collapsed. Of course, we, and Asha, knows he know that he's full of it uh, regarding avenging his brother's deaths, because uh, back in Theon 1, he had a memory of telling Patrick Malister while they traveled together from River Run to Seaguard that he didn't care much for his older brother Roderick and held no ill will towards Patrick's father for killing him. And he also revealed to us that his only memories of his brother Marin were of cruel japes and compulsive lies. So mm-hmm. uh it seems like that was something he was just whipping up there. Yep. And yep. um but so as far as uh their ages, Roderick was around possibly 22 at the oldest when he died, but that would assume his father Balon was 12 when Roderick was born, which seems a little young even for uh, the Ironborn. Or possibly uh, Roderick could have been at the youngest 15, which would have made his father a little more age-appropriate, but it also seems unlikely he would be leading a siege at age 15. So it's probably somewhere in between those two. Marin was at least a year younger than Roderick, so he was somewhere between 14 and 21 when he died. And all these age ranges are based off of Asha being three years older than Theon, but younger than both of the 
older brothers. Both were old enough to be fighting in the rebellion and died in battle. Unlike the Stark children who, yes, we're nearly a man grown, but still technically children. So it's not exactly a, a one-to-one uh, correlation here but with the uh, brothers' deaths. He also, he, Theon, also thinks that he knew as soon as he said this to Asha that his father would approve. And I question whether Theon has any clue what his father would or wouldn't approve of because he seems to have gotten it wrong in every instance so far. Came wearing the wrong clothing. He came with a proposal for with an alliance with Rob, which did not go over well. And he thought of, he took Winterfell, thinking that would please his father. He's 0 for 3 at this point. Yeah, perhaps he's adopting the George Costanza model at this point of just doing exactly the opposite of what his instincts tell him. <laughs> I think if if he had done that, he might be in a lot better shape. <laughs> exactly. Uh, come back to the television show. So I mentioned uh, Maester Lewin looking at the bodies and definitely suspicious that they were not Bran and Rickon. But, you know, not voicing anything, but just looking at them with sort of attention. I couldn't find any evidence of Theon having a dream in the show. A lot, a lot of the times the dreams get skipped over. Uh, right. Sure. Yara, yeah. who's the name of his sister in the TV show. She's Asher. Yara Asher, arrives while he's counting dead ravens. So show Theon is less keen for the news of Bran and Rickon's death to be escaping Winterfell. Oh, okay. Which is uh-huh. strange. It's a strange difference. Yeah. Uh, nor does show Theon try to couch it as revenge for his brothers. That doesn't even get mentioned. Uh, it's As I said, it's charred bodies rather than heads on the wall. Yara has not come to relieve Theon. She's come to take him home. Much of their conversation is verbatim, but she does add a, add a sweet story about him as a baby and beseeches him not to die so far from the sea. Okay. But otherwise, it's very similar. Paints them as a little more of a, a love loving sibling relationship there. Well, she says you were an awful baby. You cried all the time. So she's not <laughs> that nice about it. You know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Clear all right, that Pedantry up. corner. I've been waiting for pedantry for a while because now I've got some things to voice. All right. Killing your own men while you're short-staffed. He's doing it to hide a secret that isn't worth keeping from the locals anyway. Locals who would actually be quite relieved to learn the secret. True. Yes. They would actually be happy to learn the secret. They, they would at least start to hate him a bit less. Why do this? It makes no sense. Unless your idea that it, this was Reek just doing it off his own bat to begin with. Yeah, you know, I, I think he killed the children to save face more with the Ironborn than with the small folk of Winterfell. I think he's, in that chapter, he was mortified about the idea of Asha finding out that he let the two princes escape. Yeah. And yeah, their sure heads enough. are at least an example of, I didn't let them escape, I killed them. Yeah. Yeah. So then my other one is, why would Asha leave ten men? She knows this is pointless, right? She's right. actually giving Theon a little bit of help to not do the smart thing. Sacrificing yeah. ten of her own men in the process. If she leaves zero, that might be the tipping point where Theon says, all right, I'm coming home. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't. I wonder what those ten men did to pull that Right. Thing. <laughs> yeah. I've got a... I've got a <laughs> we have a, a mission called Operation Certain Death. We're looking for ten <laughs> volunteers. Yeah, you know, but like you said, well, like you were kind of hinting at in comparison with the, not hinting at, but like you mentioned in comparison comparison with the TV show, she seemed even in this chapter to generally want to save him from this situation he's gotten himself oh, yeah. into. She, she said, you're the blood of my blood, regardless of what else you are. And for the mother who bore us both, come with me to Deepwood Mott. Like she, she really did make a plea yeah. for him to do the right thing. Yeah, she wants to save her brother. Who yeah, so, doesn't deserve it to be honest. Yeah, zero. Maybe zero would have. Maybe she should have come with twenty men and said, "Oh, I'm taking all twenty of them with me." And guess right. what? I'm taking your twenty-five with me too. So you can either sit here by yourself, <laughs> or you could come with me. I like me. that. I like that plan. News and notes. News and notes. Well, Winterfell is burning. <gasps> well, a Game of Thrones Winterfell set is anyway. Oh, okay. The, 
That's this one was used in the later seasons of the show and uh, was built in Money Glass, Northern Ireland. It's a great and, name. Uh, yeah, it is. That's a cool name. According to the Northern Ireland Fire and Rescue, it was a controlled burn. However, it's unclear if it's being done to remove the set or if another show or movie or something bought the set and used it for a burning castle scene. So, oh, but one of the Winterfell sets has gone up in flames. Mm. Um, we got a very kind donation from Robbie Thunder on our Buy Me A Coffee site. Um, and he said, Hi, I've discovered your podcast not too long ago and have been listening every day when walking the dog, cooking, cleaning. This is when you should listen to us. This is That's what we're right. here for. I really enjoy the binging, but the end draws near for that. Soon I'll have to wait for each new episode. That's going to suck. Keep up the good work. You guys keep it interesting, and you've provided me with some entertainment along the way. Greetings from Belgium. Well, I, Belgium's one of my favorite countries. Always has been. That's right. Yes. And uh, thank you, Robbie Thunder. Your, your gift was very generous, and we really appreciate it. Thank you very much. The Arbor Gold was delicious. <laughs> Conclusion. The Stark Boys are alive. That is great news yeah. for everyone who isn't a miller near Winterfell. Right. It's still, you know, like like we said at the beginning, it's a, it's a horrific tragedy. Two innocent boys and a whole family brutally murdered to cover Theon's incompetence, the, the escape, and uh, keep this folly of an idea of being the Prince of Winterfell alive. But I will say this, like you said, the Stark boys are alive, hooray. But in that last John chapter, when he was a wolf talking to the, uh, the uh, talking to the Bran weirwood tree, John smelled death. So, uh, I don't know. We'll have to see what that means. And well, well, is it? Did he smell the death on the Miller's children? Is that what he smelled? Oh, could be. Yeah, that could they be. they'd had a brush with death, and that's coming through in the dream somehow. Yeah, and another thing that doesn't make a lot of sense uh, is that uh, Jojen's dream—he saw the boys' bodies. He saw the boys in the crypts. So that yes. is, uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. doesn't fit either because the bodies were burned. Maybe Lewin took the ashes and bones and put them down in the crypts anyway. Yeah, although although maybe Jojen's dream is more sort of like sort of metaphorical in the sense that when a Stark dies, they go in the Stark crypts, you know, so maybe it's just more sort of generic like that, you know. Don't I know be. it was you. that the, I couldn't see the faces because they were getting flayed off, but, you know, then I saw you in the crypt, so, you know, definitely you. Right. Could be that. Which be. you're wrong about, Jojen, but just, you know. <laughs> and uh, Theon is, he's just not a leader. He's a leader of swords, just not a very good one. <laughs> His role is inconsistent and self-serving. He refuses yeah. to take responsibility for any move that goes wrong. We've seen him in multiple instances. Asha outplays him in every dispute and action plan. He lacks the ability to think through plans to eventual consequences. Him putting his trust in Reek with no thought to what Reek, if Reek's going to... He does think, probably never see that guy again. So he is <laughs> yeah. self-aware enough to at least have that thought. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but Reek has been useful to him. No question about that. That's undeniable that Reek has actually provided some... I mean, he... Without Reek, he wouldn't have killed the two Miller's boys. That's probably for the best. But... um then he would have had to come back shamefaced to Winterfell. Right. So Reek has helped him to do what Theon wanted. What Reek would have been a better friend if he'd said, don't do this, that's madness. But that doesn't yes. sound like Reek's MO. No, it doesn't. And Reek, speaking of Reek, he seems like more than just a stinky guy. He he had the foresight to plan for not finding the boys, which is he did. You know, pretty yeah. heads up maneuver there. And uh -huh, he can uh -huh. read and write uh -huh. and flay. So uh, <laughs> he's he's deeper than you might think at uh, at first glance or first yes. sniff. Yeah, so things are spiraling out of control. Uh, Theon and his self-deluded visions of grandeur uh, are unable to recognize it. His only, his only recourse now is to leave with Asha. He, he refuses to do it. Uh, and he's lost control. I mean, like, he's still nominally in control of Winterfell, but you can't see any 
future for him here that's that isn't going to end badly. Certainly is uh, looking pretty grim for our uh, Theon Greyjoy. Yep. Uh, I think Theon is making a bid for the Viserys Targaryen memorial form-fitting crown as biggest a-hole in the books. Yeah. His his actions are monstrous. He's entirely lacking in logic or rationale. He is stricken with guilt and yet unwilling to get off the path he's chosen. I guess the guilt does put him one rung above Joffrey and Viserys because they didn't even suffer from that. That is true. Yes. He is he is at least feeling guilt. You got a good point there. You got anything else? No. All right. Why don't you tell them about the three ways they can help us out? Well, there's three ways you can help us out. Um, first and foremost, you can go out and leave us as a, a review. Uh, there's no better advertising. We'd appreciate that. Secondly, Absolutely. you can buy some merch at theghostsofharrenhall.threadless.com. And lastly, you could buy us a cup of Arbor Gold, as Robbie Thunder did, at www.buymeacoffee.com slash ghostsharrenhall. A big thank you to those who've already become sustainers. We really appreciate what you've done. Absolutely. And as always, you can reach us at ghost.heronhall at gmail.com. You can go out and follow us on Twitter at Ghost Hall. We're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Discord. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye.